The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. It's our Thursday edition of the Leach Report coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio on uh, a uh, chilly Thursday. Going to be a little warmer today. I think we've got a chance for a little snow heading our way this weekend. Cats are going to be heading south to the plains of Alabama to take on an Auburn Tiger team that has been lighting up the scoreboard in the last couple of outings. And uh, we'll talk about that as we move through the show today with Mike Pratt, uh, with Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated, and with the radio play-by-play voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham. We'll jump into the Wildcat news of the day, and we lead with football and the return of Chris Rodriguez. He is coming back for another season with the Wildcats. I thought this is the decision that he would make, but uh, it uh, hadn't happened yet, so I wondered if maybe he was perhaps going to head to the NFL. I think this was uh, the right move for Chris because I think in uh, this uh, new system, he'll have a chance to do two things. Number one, I think he'll get the ball more. Uh, A.J. Rose has moved on, so that's uh, one of the the main guys in the running back rotation that is out of the picture. So Chris is going to be their most experienced guy coming back. So you'll have him and Smoke and then uh, maybe Juton McLean or or Travis Tisdale in the rotation, and uh, Chris can get the the bulk of the carries. But the other thing he can do maybe is uh, see if he can add a a dimension of uh, catching the football. Um, you know, working on blitz pickup, all those kinds of things that will be significant in the NFL and uh, polish up the resume for and maybe come back, lead the SEC in rushing and then go into the NFL. So happy to see that uh, Chris Rodriguez is coming back. Uh, 24-7 Sports has a report that says Purdue has emerged as a threat in the Wandale Robinson Derby. Uh, the young man from Frankfurt who is transferring from Nebraska and uh, seemed like a, a cinch for Kentucky from various reports, but uh, now Purdue is uh, trying to get into the mix and uh, maybe other schools as well. So we'll see. Uh, would think this would play out uh, relatively quickly, and um, hopefully Kentucky can uh, pick up Wandale Robinson, which would be a tremendous addition to their uh, offense to have a, a big play guy, a home run hitter, kind of could you know, take it to the house on any play. Mentioned Kentucky has Auburn coming up. That'll be on Saturday afternoon at uh, 2 Eastern time. Tigers got their first SEC win last night, beating Georgia in Athens 95-77. to And Sharif Cooper was a standout again. He got cleared to play by the NCAA and made his debut last Saturday. And Auburn lost 94-90 to Alabama last night. They win by 18. He has 28 points and 12 assists, five turnovers. Uh, if you thought the Alabama guards were hard to stay in front of, this guy will be even more difficult. Now, the thing that he does more than the Alabama guys really dominates the ball. He took 18 shots. Uh, nobody else took more than six in this game. Uh, he's a guy that's uh, it's maybe a little, little like a, a combination of um, – 
uh, Vandy and and Alabama in that uh, Scotty Pippen uh, has the ball uh, a ton of the time. Small guy, fast, good score, and uh, he has the ball in his hands maybe 40% of the time. I think it's a similar challenge with Cooper, but maybe with um, a little more firepower inside for Auburn than uh, than Vandy had. Uh, Kentucky, you remember, late used Jacob Toppin uh, to use his length to bother um Pippen, but uh, Jacob really struggled uh, containing dribble penetration on Tuesday night. So we'll see what Kentucky's plan is. I just know that in two games with Cooper playing, Auburn is averaging 92.5 points per game. Um, We'll uh, talk about this matchup with Mike Pratt when he joins us here in just a bit. The U.K. women were supposed to play at Auburn tonight, but the game has been postponed because of COVID issues for Auburn. And the uh, women will now play uh, coming up this weekend instead. ESPN has named Ryan Howard as the player of the year in women's college basketball at the midseason point. Tickets go on sale today for two games at Rupp Arena for the U.K. women, uh, January 28th against Alabama, February 11th against Tennessee, and those tickets go on sale a little bit later today. Condolences go out to uh, the family of uh, John Pelfrey, the Former Wildcat great, UK Hall of Famer, his dad Jack uh, has passed away. I think they had the funeral uh, yesterday. And if you um, follow John on, on Twitter, you saw uh, a, a very personal and, and poignant message that he uh, put, posted about his dad and what his dad meant to him personally and to his, his basketball life as well. So uh, sad for John and uh, his family and keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Going to head to a break. Mike Pratt will join us when we come right back. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. We are served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. You'll find them in Hamburg and in Palomar. Seven years in a row, they've been voted top breakfast in the Herald Leader Reader's Choice Poll. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. We go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We're on Mike Pratt, my broadcast partner on the UK radio network, who will come to the microphone now and announce that he has solved all the issues that you saw on Tuesday night and that Kentucky will look 180 degrees different on Saturday, right? Tom, I have fully recovered today from that ass-whipping <laughs> Tuesday night, okay? So I, I want to let you know that I'm fully recovered and ready Good. to go put me in. <laughs> Hopefully the cats have uh, have recovered as well. It's, you know, as I said yesterday on the show, there were, uh, I mean, they, Alabama, number one, is uh, good and playing well and thumped Kentucky. Um, now, if you look at the game, Kentucky mm-hmm. was, uh, did, did much, didn't do much of anything well. Uh, and, We'll get a read on Saturday. Is is that really kind of who this team is? Was the Florida game just an outlier, or was the Alabama game an outlier? Because uh, they, you know, looked as good as they've looked all season, and then maybe looked as as played as poorly as they've looked all season uh, in the subsequent game. So hopefully uh, Saturday gives us a little bit of read of uh, maybe where they are on the on the spectrum of uh, what we can expect the rest of the way. Well, that's a fair question. And, um, and, and we, as you said, I think we will see 
uh, at Auburn. Tough place to um, to uh, go in and try to straighten your your organization out, but uh, Calipari's got to do that. And you know, there's one thing I think that I've, I've really I, I shot away from this, Tom, but I, I really think it makes a difference because I watched Tuesday night again, like December when they missed shots. Boy, they started the body language was uh, affected everybody. And it's kind of what I think Cal wanted when he went over and scrimmaged or went to rough and scrimmage Trancy. He wanted his guys. This is what I think. I haven't talked to him about this specifically. Wanted his guys to see the ball go in the hoop, have, have the fun of that. Because, you know, he's asking, he's demanding that they they play defense and bust their buns and rebound and all that stuff. As a coach, he's doing that. And now – uh, the reward is to get to play offense. And, well, they go down, they get to play, and nothing goes in. You know, they have stretches where they don't score. You know that. And that's hard. Continually, that's hard. You can have it in a game, a half. Um, but, boy, if you continually have game after game where you don't make hoops, you don't see it with your own eyes, you, that makes you feel it. Everybody in your team feels it. Everybody gets a lift from Dante Allen dream in a tray when they're struggling. Everybody gets a lift from that that's on that floor. And uh, it stretches uh, Wednesday night for the first time since uh, some December games where that didn't happen. And, man, I just uh, – a natural body language when you're struggling with your confidence like they are with their record is to kind of like let the air out of a balloon, man. And uh, I, just, I just hope that they can knock down some shots consistently at Auburn. You mentioned Dante. He uh, started the the revival there at Mississippi State with his twenty three point performance, and then so, then obviously he becomes a much bigger part of the opponent scouting report. But uh, still, uh, got fourteen against Vandy, and now and especially these last two games uh, it was uh, Scotty Lewis down at Florida uh, after Dante hit a couple, and then uh, the other night um, it was uh, Petty a lot of the game just. Uh, you know, not letting him breathe. Um, and that thing that you had that you thought was, uh, you know, a spark for you, well, clearly the other team's like, okay, we're going to do our best to take that away. And so uh, that Dante can, in, you know, attracting that attention, maybe create opportunities for other people, but then somebody's got to take advantage of those opportunities. Absolutely. And, uh, now he he's got to uh, he he has got to realize what you just said. It's very simple, and I'm sure coaches are coaching him on this. There's no question. <clears throat> he's got to figure out how to use his picks better to cut faster, cut harder to get open. And then once he gets open, man, he's got that quick release. He's he's fine, but he only got um, eight shots up, which is uh, about second on the team, third third on the team in total shots. Uh, Mintz got the most. Oh, I'm sorry. Keanu Brooks got the most, then Mintz. So um, he, he's got to realize what you said is happening. So how do I counter that? I, I use my picks better. I play with more energy. And a cut shelter, and I'll find myself open. He got six boards, I believe it was, wasn't it? Yeah, six boards. Yeah. So he's working hard. Um, he didn't uh, – he, he had a couple turnovers. I think three or four turnovers, which is not good. But – he, that comes from the pressure they're giving him defensively. He's got to realize his life has changed on the basketball court. He becomes, as you said, a target. And Kentucky 
I know you know the coaches. I know the coaches. They they realize this. They're trying to set things up for him. He's just got to work harder. And once he works harder, that becomes ingrained in his mind that he's getting shots and he's making shots and it's all good now. Um, it just comes with maturity. And how fast she picks that up and runs with it, uh, we don't know. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Auburn. Uh, I did not get to see their game last night, but uh, I know they're, they scored 95 points. So in two games since Cooper's come on the scene, they've scored 90 and 95. And uh, as I said in the opening segment, he's a little like Pippen in that he, you know, he really dominates the ball. What do you see? Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a, he, he really dominates the ball. I've watched him twice now against Alabama and then last night. And he is a fun kid to watch. Uh, he, he's a better passer than Pippen. He really sees the floor and, and knows where he is when he gets in the crowd. That really impressed me. He can, he can get to the paint and all of a sudden people collapse on him and he knows where his guys are and his guys are moving to, to, to open spaces. He is, he is a, just a fun passer to watch. And, and that's where the Kentucky has the work cut out for him. Uh, Auburn is very good on the glass and um, rebounding and block some shots. But you've got to keep this kid out of the paint or make him shoot jump shots because he's struggling from the field now. He just doesn't have his rhythm or his shot's not developed, whatever it is. But you got your work cut out. If he, if he beats you into the paint like 20 times with the ball because he's going to have the ball just like Pippen had the ball, he, he will share. I'm not worried about him. He'll score in there, but he'll share with guys um, that will – Make shots, be they trades, be they twos, and you foul. I mean, and they're pretty good. Their big guys are pretty good at finishing at the rim, and that's something. If you look at Kentucky stats, Tom, it's amazing. We're not really good finishing at the rim or around the around the rim. Uh, we're just not good at that. No, and, and uh, you know, I, I think it's because we're not strong. Kentucky's not obviously a, a great three point shooting team. A couple of guys that uh, can can give them an element of that five, six a game maybe on average. But uh, if you're not going to make a lot of threes, then you've got to, to maximize your other opportunities. And that is, clearly comes with you know finishing better and you know embracing the contact and getting to the free throw line, which Calipari's teams typically do. <laughs> Excuse me. Typically do. This one uh, is shooting uh, much worse on two-point shots than his teams do and not getting to the line as often. I, one of the worst teams he's had since he's been at Kentucky at getting to the charity strike. And, and why is that? They've had opportunities and missed them. Okay. Um, Auburn's not far off Alabama as far as the way they play and how good they are. Um, they're not a power team. Uh, they're not going to play inside out. They're going to play outside in. And that's, that's Alabama, right? That mm-hmm. is Alabama. So, um, and Alabama beats them by two or three the other day. So, uh, this team is, is not much different. Just a different name on the front. They play a lot alike and uh, have the same type of uh, offense. Uh, Kentucky, I think if if you think Sar is going to score with his back to the basket all the time, that's not what Sar is. I think when Kentucky's best is when they move him around and let him face the hoop and shoot. And um, I really do, and, and I like that. I think Calipari does. They, they may get off of it a little bit, but I, I think we'll see more of Sar on the pick and the slip or pop, whatever you want to call it, where he just goes away from the pick where it was set, feeding the ball, letting him shoot the ball. Um, he, he struggles with his back to the basket consistently. He can do it, 
but I don't think that's something that consistently uh, he, he likes or can score from. Yeah, I mean, he's, he he has nice footwork. You'll see it. I saw it one time the other night. You'll see it at times, but uh, it, it he may have the skills, but uh, he's not, uh, like you said, not, doesn't certainly look comfortable there to, to just park down on the block and go to work. Oh, the other part of it, I, I've, it mystifies me. We talked about this on the broadcast for many games. We we don't see these people like Sar or or where whoever it is when they post up. You got to think out of your offense when you're moving the ball. You got to understand all your options. Your, your mind's racing with this, and we're not feeding these guys well or soon enough. Uh, and I, I don't understand it. Uh, we just aren't. We miss them, and they're in their post. There's a split second where a guy has a man on his back and he's dancing in there, and it's a little bit more in a split second, but it's it's pretty quick. You you got to understand who's in there, and you got to feed right away. And boy, we miss a lot of guys, don't we? Man, Ooh. yeah, it's like a, a quarterback in football. Um, you know, you've, you've got the the play call. You know what your first option is, and he's not going to be. You know, at this level, he's not going to be standing there. You know, with five feet of open space around him, waving. Uh, it's no. going to be a smaller window and one that closes quickly. Yeah, he's not going to be a hitchhiker out there, man. <laughs> he's not going to be a hitchhiker. He's, yeah. And, and you know, then so from the big guy standpoint, after a while, you work hard and people are banging on you. You kind of lose lose your uh, ability mentally to say, I'm going to bust my ass, but why? And that kind of why? feeds why? into why? that uh, body language thing you were talking yeah. about right at the top. Mike, appreciate the yeah. time. We will see you uh, on Saturday in the old remote studio. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there with the beer, pizza, wine, the Popcorn. Thing. Yeah, you always got to have your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you Saturday. See you. We'll be right back. Uh, Justin Rowland coming up. And then the Auburn Radio Voice Andy Burcham on the Leach Report. Served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. We're short on time here to start up with Justin Rowland, so we'll uh, lead off with Justin coming up to start the second half of the show. Last night in the SEC, LSU beat Arkansas 92-76. to Texas A&M got a win at Mississippi State, 56-55. State had been playing really well. And then a future Kentucky opponent, number four, Texas, lost at home. Texas A&M rallied late. I want to say they were down about 10. Came back and won 79-77. Texas comes here at the end of the month. Justin Rowland coming up when we return on the Leach Report Radio Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Second half of our show coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio here in Lexington. Justin Rowland joins us on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. You can read him and his team's coverage at CatsIllustrated.com on the Rivals Network. Let's start on the football side, Justin, and the uh, race to land Wandale Robinson as he transfers from Nebraska. Seemed to be a consensus that had built that he would be a wildcat. Now um, maybe some other folks entering the picture, like Purdue. What are you hearing? Yeah, here we go again, question mark. Um, that It seems to be playing out exactly like his high school recruitment did. You know, Kentucky really wants Wandale Robinson. They've always really wanted him. There's been no doubt about how they felt about him 
the question has been, is Wandale ever going to fall in love with Kentucky? Is he ever going to reciprocate? Is he ever going to make it official and give them a chance as a home? And, I, you know, right now it's swung hard towards Purdue over the last 24 hours. I would say 50-50, but just based on the trajectory of it and where it was and how this has played out before, I totally understand people feeling really negative about it. And, you know, I think people close to Wandale would like to see him at Kentucky. I've heard they would settle for Purdue, and I think Wandale is the one who has been really uncertain. I mean, he had a place in mind that he wanted to live in Lexington, and, you know, we, we've known for a long time that he was open to, to going to Kentucky, and here at the 11th hour, when it was supposedly already over, pretty much a done deal, um, it's Purdue is the main competition, but Minnesota's getting involved, Oklahoma and Alabama have shown interest. I think it's Kentucky or Purdue, but it's going to be very, very close, and Purdue has the momentum. Uh, selling, I'm sure, the the uh, young man from Trinity that went up there, Rondale Moore. Yeah, yeah, they're saying come be the next Rondale Moore, but, you know, Purdue has another receiver is really good. And, you know, Wandale's not going to be the number one receiver if he goes there. And so Kentucky's pitch is going to be give this new offense with Liam Cohen a chance. You will be number one here. Um you know, I, I, the, the Purdue pitch, the Purdue angle is strong, and they've got a receivers coach who was apparently trying to to get out and find another job. But I guess he uh, he's going to stick around there for at least one more year, and he's a selling point. Um, you know, whatever. Brom hasn't had as much success as I think people thought he would, but you know, he he's produced you know some receiver success, and I think that's what what Wandale's thinking about as well as what Kentucky's telling him. Uh, and. Uh... Sounds like uh, wherever he lands, Wandell's looking at uh, being a one-year guy. That would, I mean, that would be my guess. I'm not really sure about that. You know, I, that was just my guess. I, I didn't get the vibe. People were like, he's got three years of eligibility when I would read comments on social media. And I don't think he's going to be anywhere for three years, one or two. And, and you know, I, I've heard he's probably a mid-round NFL guy, maybe a late mid-round, because he doesn't have the top-end speed to break away and make the huge plays out of the, you know, chunk plays. Uh, but that that would be my guess, and we've seen that before. Should fans expect a, a quick resolution, or do you think it might drag on with other schools getting involved? Well, it, you know, it was supposed to happen either Monday or Tuesday, right after he entered the portal, is my understanding. I mean, he already knew what he was going to do. And the fact that he's kind of tapped the brakes means we might be waiting a little while. I mean, it could come today, um, and if it does, then that would probably be good news for Kentucky, even though Purdue's had the momentum. The longer he waits, given the track record, he's apparently on vacation in Florida. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think he'll make a decision while he's on vacation. I think he's probably going to come back in a few days, and, and, and having thought it over, you know, maybe it'll look very differently than it does now. Uh, Chris Rodriguez coming back now. We know this uh, kind of, I guess, wraps up the decisions. Um, how do you see him? Uh, what do you see his role in the new offense? It'll be interesting. You know, um, I, I think he can rush for a lot of yards next year, given what they return on the line. We didn't know if Kennard was coming back. I certainly didn't expect Fortner coming back. They got a lot of experience with some of the other offensive guards. I think the line's going to be okay. He's set up for success. Uh, depending on how much balance the passing game can provide for him. The one thing I, I think they're going to work with him on in the offseason is becoming a threat receiving. You know, he really hasn't been a threat receiving. They've really never thrown him the ball, and that, that would figure to be something that would that would improve his stock for the NFL looking ahead. So that would be what I would, you know, watch for improvement. 
Would you anticipate he becomes more of the, uh, the I guess the old phrases of the workhorse running back, getting a yeah. greater percentage of the carries? Yeah, I think so. You know, given that Rose is going to be gone and Smoke has just proven to have durability issues, he'll play when he can. Um, and I feel like McLean and Tisdale maybe probably another year away, and Lavelle Wright's got a bright future, but probably not as a true freshman doing a whole lot. I wouldn't be – it's probably like – more like what Snell was, you know. He's the guy who's going to be there seventy percent of the time, and you know he'll get the lion's share of the carries. I mean, he could have a really big year next year. He could rush for thousand, twelve hundred yards against a more conventional schedule. All the focus is on Robinson now as a potential transfer, but uh, do you see them getting involved with uh, many other transfers? Yes, yes. I think there there are one or two other guys that haven't entered the portal yet that I think you know word gets around. You know, it's, it's not it's not like schools are involved, but, you know, people kind of anticipate their intentions. And I think everybody knows that some other names are going to go on the portal and, uh, you know, probably some names from the past. And, you know, I, I would be surprised if Kentucky doesn't take two receivers. There's probably going to be some attrition on the current roster because they've got like 16 scholarship receivers. I just don't think they're going to carry that many into the season. So th- it'll be a two-way street. I think the portal is going to be active going out and coming in. Is uh, I would assume uh, if you're Kentucky, you want uh, Robinson. Obviously, you, you want him to to pick Kentucky and to do it soon. But sooner rather than later, whatever the decision is, if there are other prospects out there, because somebody might have thought, like a lot of others did, that Robinson was a lock for Kentucky. If that doesn't happen, maybe somebody else out there reconsiders Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. You you know you never know how it's going to play out, and in, in any sport. Sometimes the plan B works out better than the plan A. If they have all those decommitments back in the 2015 class, do they even have a scholarship for Josh Allen? Yeah. And and some of those defensive backs that went to the NFL. Um, Benny Snell is like uh, Damian Harris is who they uh, were, was their top target, right? That's right. Yeah, there aren't, there aren't many can't miss guys. Now, I don't think Wandale is, is like a junior year Lynn Bowden impact. I don't think he's Rondale Moore, but I think he is. You know somebody who could who could chip in with a thousand all-purpose yards, no question. So he's probably the highest impact available guy out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the longer it goes on at this point, the worse it would be for Kentucky's chances, just based on we know about his history. So it, a lot of people are tired of it; they're checked out. I totally understand that, but they got to know he's making a decision for his future. He hasn't come out and said he was ever going to Kentucky. I mean, we're pretty confident that was the plan, but it's not like he was inviting this criticism based on by some saying stuff himself. Uh, we've had Kentucky going to Auburn in basketball on Saturday, having played maybe uh, its worst game, maybe this or the Georgia Tech game, which might have been worse, uh, and then previous to that, played far and away its best game. So interesting uh, that you've had two extremes within such a, a short time period. Were a couple of external factors that uh, you know were, were going on in between the two games, so maybe could have uh, we'll, you know, impacted Alabama. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm really interested to see how they play on, on Saturday uh, to kind of help us understand where they may fall on that spectrum between the Alabama performance and the Florida performance. Well, yeah, with, with Cooper coming in for Auburn and just, just totally stuffing the stat sheet and just looking like a different team uh, with, against Georgia than we had seen from them, you know, I think that, that's a big X factor. That game looks a lot 
more daunting. And uh, But I was just really impressed with Alabama. We know about Kentucky's struggles and the pendulum they've been on this season. Um, and right now, they've, they've, there have been more struggles, more lows than, than highs. Um, they did show enough against Florida to think that, uh, that maybe they can put it together over time. But Alabama is just really impressive. I mean, they were really well coached and play a fun style and uh, really hard to defend. They executed well. They played with a lot of confidence. Yes, they did. They uh, are on a nice roll right now. Uh, Justin, thanks much. Thanks a lot. You can read them at catsillustrated.com. At Roland Rivals on Twitter, we are coming up on a break. When we come back, we'll get into a little more detail on the Auburn Basketball Tigers with their radio voice, Andy Bertram. Coming to us next via the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline on the Leach Report Radio. Find out more about the voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. 13 away from the top of the hour. Next up on the Kentucky Hemp Works. Line is Andy Bertram. He's the radio play-by-play voice for the Auburn Tigers. Got their first league win last night at Georgia, 95-77. But uh, that's a little bit of a deceptive stat, I think, Andy, just because of how Sharif Cooper has changed this team, and he's only played in the last two games. He's a remarkable player, at least through two games, Tom. And, and what he has done is given Auburn its first real true point guard in the starting lineup the last two games, Auburn has had to use Alan Flanagan and Justin Powell, of course, who's from the Louisville area, to, to kind of play out of the position um, in the, the first few ball games of the season. And Auburn finally gets Sharif Cooper eligible, and he's gone for over 20 points, 26 points against Alabama, and then 28 points and 12 rebounds last night at Georgia. And it's a completely different-looking Auburn offense with the, the talented freshman in the Auburn lineup. Just uh, exciting to watch. He's uh, incredibly fast, um, handles the ball a lot of the time, and uh, really gets uh, teammates involved, too, makes some incredible passes. Yeah, he has made Auburn a better team and made Auburn players better. Um, Auburn last night had six players in double figures. Auburn is spreading the wealth, so to speak. A lot of Cooper's points are coming from the line. He was 10 of 12 from the free throw line tonight, and although he scored 26 points against Alabama and 28 last night at Georgia, he's looking for passing first. Uh, very good at driving the basketball. He's not big. He's only six foot one, if that. And he does just a really nice job, and he doesn't get rattled at this point. Tom, listen, it's only two games so far, but it, uh, it sure has been fun to, to call Auburn games these last two ball games with Sharif Cooper in the lineup. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Tyler Ulis when he was here at Kentucky, a guy at that size, uh, Tyler even smaller than uh, Cooper, I think, but uh, just really understood the game and uh, how to uh, get angles at that size to to get shots or to, to make passes. Uh, I think he's certainly faster than, than Tyler, but uh, uh, similar, certainly, instincts. He's fun to watch. And I, I listen, I, I grew up in Southern Illinois and I grew up in, in basketball country. And I've always been fascinated by players that have the ability to make a really good pass. Me too. And, 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 and this kid is that. Uh, he had a no look pass last night to Alan Flanagan underneath the basket and no one saw it coming until Flanagan was open and he made this pass. Um, and there are, you know, there were a couple of times last night that he forced it a little bit early. He was playing against Savia or uh, Severe Wheeler last night. Who's another really good 
point guard in this league. Uh, and I thought at times Auburn tried to play at Georgia's pace. And then when the Tigers were able to get up last night, Auburn played at Auburn's pace. And, uh, and that seems to suit Sharif Cooper and the rest of the Auburn team just fine at this point. Uh, my partner, Mike Pratt, played uh, opposite uh, Pete Maravich in six games, said uh, Pistol Pete was as prolific as a scorer as he was. He was an even better passer. And then I remember right. a guy uh, a few years after that, Ernie D. Gregorio up at Providence. I love uh, guys that uh, – and I think great passers, and Cooper seems to have this quality, um, see one move ahead um, – like a, a you know a great chess player might. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the young man from Kentucky, Justin Powell, who has played uh, really well. I uh, was out, I think, concussion protocol. I read for a couple of games. I, I thought was cleared to come back last night, but did not play. Right? Did not make the trip to Georgia. Has practiced uh, sparingly, uh, from what I gather, Tom. The last couple of days, he collided with Babatunde Akingbola in the well Texas done. A&M game in the first game, first first half of that game and uh, came back for a really short period, and then they held him out. And he has not played since, so he's missed Auburn's last three games. But, you know, another true freshman for Auburn that was inserted in the point guard role from the very start of the season and really responded very, very well, has instantly become a fan favorite at Auburn um, and a, a shooting guard, and that will be his role right now. He may play some backup point guard to Sharif Cooper, but at six foot six is a surprisingly good rebounder for Auburn. And, and Auburn has missed that in his last three games. Outstanding range from the, from the three-point range. And I look forward to seeing this Auburn team at full strength. And, and we don't know at this point, but hopefully it happens Saturday when the Wildcats come to town. Uh, we'll, we'll get to see Auburn's full team, really, for the first time. That That is my hope. Uh, nothing has been announced at this point with regard to Powell's return, but but he has played very, very well for the Tigers early on, and primarily he's played out of position as he's played a lot of point guard for Auburn early on. Got a solution on the pronunciation of the young man from Texas A&M. I haven't had to do that one yet, but you you <laughs> sold it. Well, you, you spoke it confidently. Good job. <laughs> well, they call him Stretch, and that's what we call that's what we call him most of the time on the floor, but. Uh, he's a he's a fun player to watch. A sophomore that really is a good defender, a good shot blocker. Hopefully, develops his uh, his uh, offensive game. But uh, really fun Ken to be around. That's for sure. I get the uh, question frequently from fans about our remote setup. We all the SEC does not permit visiting radio crews in, so we're all doing uh, the road games uh, via some kind of remote setup. Uh, any right. uh, crazy stories for you guys so far? No, it, it, surprisingly, things from a technical standpoint have gone very, very well. We, we are set up, I and mean, you were at our place for, uh, for football this year, that, that lobby area outside your, your booth, that's where we're set up doing our oh, basketball okay. game. So we're doing basketball from Jordan-Hare Stadium uh, this year. And it, it is a little bit different, but as I've told folks, and I'm sure you feel the same way, uh, even though we're not with the team, and I hope that that, that, that returns uh, you know, next year, I'm I'm thrilled to be able to do ball games at all. Absolutely. At this point. So, you know, we're we're yeah, me and uh, and and the, the legend Sonny Smith and our producer Brad Law set up there at uh, Jordan Hare Stadium doing basketball. So, but that's that's a COVID year, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's, uh, it's <laughs> we all have to roll with the punches. We've talked so much about right. Cooper. Got about a minute left. What else uh, does Auburn do well when they're playing well? 
Uh, last night, Auburn had 14 blocks. Uh, this is an athletic team with the likes of Jalen Williams and Devin Cambridge and, and, and Babatunde Akambola. Uh, JT Thor is a guy that has elevated his game. It's another freshman at six foot ten that plays on the perimeter a lot for Auburn. Um, he has he has elevated his play with the with the the emergence of Sharif Cooper at the point guard spot. Like Kentucky, Auburn is a team that lost just about everybody from a year ago. Auburn replaced its starting five for the first time since 1950. Tom, so uh, like Auburn and Kentucky, both of these teams. Lost just about everybody from from last year's squad, and right right now, primarily with the exception of Jamal Johnson, a junior, Auburn's playing nothing but freshmen and sophomores at this point. Well, give uh, our best to Coach Smith. Sorry, we won't see you guys, but uh, maybe maybe it'll happen for the SEC tournament. We'll keep our fingers crossed. All right, Tom, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You have a great day. You too. Thank you. That's Andy Bertram. He's the radio play-by-play voice for the Auburn Tigers. And we are getting to a break, and we'll come back and wrap up this edition of the Leach Report. Here, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Mark's Pop. This day in Wildcat history, you go back to 2003, and Kentucky had a breakout game in the truest sense. Uh, They had uh, won a few games in a row after a a lopsided loss at Louisville, but this was this game at Vandy where they came out after a poor first half and just suffocated the Commodores in the second in the second half and won 74 to 52 and went on the uh, I think a streak of nine straight wins by double digits won 26 in a row and uh, that started with that game at Vanderbilt they had 15 steals and forced 22 turnovers we mentioned uh, a couple of days ago we had a listener uh, hoping that the Florida game was a similar kind of performance for this Kentucky team turned out it it wasn't the uh, they didn't uh, build on it so Again, interesting to see how they bounce back in this test on Saturday against uh, Sharif Cooper and the Auburn Tigers. Uh, our uh, This Day in UK History feature presented by the new Rave On app. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Leach Report Radio Network with uh, a regular Friday visit from Mike DeCourcy. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com.